Welcome to the Food About Town podcast. My name is Chris Lindstrom and I'm your host. This is episode 34 where I talk to Tom Fulton from the, let me look this up real quick. Yes, it is the Korean Soul Food Barbecue Truck. And Tom and I talked a little bit about launching your food truck at the Food Truck Rodeo for the first time, which is a crazy thing to do. But Tom did that this year with his new truck. Uh, Talked about his first year running a truck what they're thinking about doing next year, um, what he's doing over the winter. And we talked a bunch of random topics, including his past in the Rochester market. He's been working in kitchens since 1994, uh, different barbecue restaurants, different other places. So it was really interesting, and Tom's a really good guy. So I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I did recording it. If you did, please uh, check it out on iTunes, leave a five-star review, and I really appreciate it. And uh, have fun. It's looking like it's fall outside. I'm start. It seems like I'm starting all these episodes with a weather update, but fall's here. That it is. That it is. And I am here with. Uh, introduce yourself, sir. Uh, Tom Fulton, owner of Soul Food Barbecue Truck, Korean Soul Food Barbecue Truck. Actually, yeah, I've been trying. I'm trying to keep that straight in my head. There's a lot of different terms in there. I kept on calling it Soul Korean Truck. Uh, so what's what's the official name of the food the truck? The official you're running? name that we we ended up having to do was Korean Soul Food Barbecue Truck. Um, we just wanted Soul Food Truck, uh, but too many uh, too many names have already been taken for Soul Food, even though ours is Korean Soul Food. Sure. So we had to kind of put in that Korean just to establish ourselves uh, from other other companies. Right. So I mean, and let's let's clarify. So Korean Soul. S E O U L. Correct. Yeah, you know, which, you know, it's always a good plan words, you know, the soul food kind of thing. Um, so you guys started, um, I saw you guys, I actually met you at the first food truck rodeo yeah. this year. So it was what, April or May? Yeah, I think it was uh, the uh, May showing. Um, we were just kind of out there checking out the scene. Uh, we had our truck still in the process of uh, getting. Worked on uh, my partner and I basically uh, scrapped the whole thing and started over. And uh, he had two idiots trying to do a project that we've, neither one of us has ever done. So it took a lot <laughs> longer than we thought, but it, it turned out beautiful. Yeah. So I, I met you for the first time in in May. Yep. And you were roaming around. And what was the f- what was the first one you showed up at? Uh, actually, I was at the food truck rodeo for the past two years, uh, working the show for the company I was with, uh, Sticky Lips Barbecue. Oh, okay, so you you were you were running the, uh, I don't know what 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 would you call this? Basically, 
it wasn't a truck. It was basically no, like it, you're running a catering service. It, it at, pretty much was, yeah. Uh, running catering a catering service, service at the at the public <laughs> market during the food truck rodeo. Correct. Um, I mean, which did turn out pretty well. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we we the, we did well uh, the first couple of years. I know that they were doing well, you know, prior to that. Um, and this year, they also, you know, that's a good company. Um, but like I said, you know, as the experience that I've had and the culture, I I just been cooking for twenty five years. Cooking actually since I was a little kid. My both my parents are very diverse and uh, cultured. So you know, we've they cooked anything from Portuguese food to you know. African food to South American food, so I, I I got my first taste of cooking and learning new new kinds of food growing yeah. up. So, so what, what what is your background? Uh, my background, I am a Korean uh, descent. Um, was adopted when I was three and a half. Came to the states and uh, was adopted to a great family. Mm-hmm. Very very open and you know just very genuine. And just kept me, uh, kept my eyes open to just just culture in general. So yeah, you know. Um, I, I got into the Korean food to try to get back into my my heritage. Um, been working on different menu items for probably the past five six years. Um, yeah. But you know, doing the the barbecue, I also worked for Dinosaur Barbecue years back, um, and uh, just kind of taking the knowledge that I've learned. And you know, thank goodness for the internet because you can learn so much from you know oh. from that. So there's so much out there right now. Absolutely. About, and, and barbecue is turned into sort of a you know, it's a cult following. It's, it's a it's yeah. a hardcore hobby, and there's so much information on how to make great Absolutely. barbecue. Absolutely, Absolutely, and like I said, you know, uh, coming to this country at three, my parents really wanted me to keep with my culture as my Korean uh, heritage. Uh, would try to make as much Korean food for me as possible growing up. How, how did that go? Again, uh, this is back in the late seventies. <laughs> no computers, no internet. So you know, there was a thing called a library. A lot of kids don't know about yeah. to this day. And researching, getting books, and uh, just really, you know, letting me know where I came from, which you know, uh, to this day, I really appreciate. I just so. say that that's really cool. I mean, that's that's real dedication to not forgetting where you came from. Absolutely, because it's a lot of times the first thing people want to do is completely immerse themselves there's no no trace of anything else it's 100 percent white bread american yeah. and actually i'm it's really cool I'm, I'm really happy to hear that not just the korean stuff right. but all the other diverse cuisines i mean i i grew up in a you know white bread suburb yep. and i didn't try when i saw thai food for the first time in college <laughs> like what is this weird chinese food what the hell's going on here and you know i'd never tried any of that stuff i knew italian american <laughs> I knew Chinese American food and I knew Mexican American food. There was no actual food I was eating other than, you know, you know, burgers and hot dogs. But to hear that you're getting you're getting Portuguese and you're yeah. getting African, that's really cool. It, it was it's amazing. And like I said, it's really uh helped me <clears throat> to evaluate like the things that I cook. Um, you know, because I don't just do Korean food, you know. I uh right now I am uh running the kitchen at Dickie's Bar and Grill here in Rochester. You know what? I've that's really interesting that you said that. It's one of those underrated bar food spots. Oh, absolutely. Cuz it's not, you know, it's not high-end cuisine. No. But no. for bar food, I've always been surprisingly impressed. I mean, not surprisingly impressed that the food's good, but from where it is and absolutely. the general the general vibe of the place, 
that the food is as good as it is. And and like I said, the really nice thing about that is they they gave me free reign to uh, just run any kind of specials I want. So you know, uh, I just advertised. I made a Guinness a Guinness beef stew, oh, nice. <laughs> which turned out great. And like I said, you know, I will be hopefully uh, doing a little bit more of my cuisines there as well to uh, just to promote my food as well. Well, so so, it's 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 an area that is rapidly rapidly changing absolutely i look at the south ave area now as i call it the park ave of the 30s because the way that they have uh really turned it around over there um i i just i lived in the south wedge area for quite a while and just to see the changes and the positives over there it's been fantastic so well, not, and it's not only just the fact that it's i don't know there's not a good great way of saying it. it's, it's gentrifying over there oh yeah and, and in a in an expanding kind of way but from a, a food nerd perspective, it's gotten so much better in that area from where it was even two years ago. I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, uh, my good friend, um, Kenny, owns uh, Mizenplaz over there. Sure. And I know he was uh, actually running the kitchen, I believe, at Tuvine mm. for quite a while. Um, and he's brought some great cuisines over there. And just walking down the strip, I'm seeing, you know, uh, Harry G's is another great place. And, you know... Um, I, I just enjoy, you know, just walking and trying the different cuisine, cu- cuisines that they have, uh, yeah. you know, just not there, but all over Rochester and get yeah. great ideas from it. So, yeah, I love I love the expansion, you know, going up Gregory towards towards, uh, you know, towards Buddha Pub, towards absolutely um, towards Tap and Mallet, towards, uh, you know, McCann's over there and uh, the Cub Room in, and now, you know, the Playhouse going up the street from there. Yep. And, you know, it's even though Dickie's is in a, is in a residential neighborhood, essentially. Um, it's still one of those cornerstone bars. Oldest now, bar in Rochester, I was 1880. Say, <laughs> oldest bar in Rochester, and that's at the corner of uh, Meg's and what's Caroline. Meg's and Caroline. So I know it's not the place you'd always necessarily <laughs> go to, but it's really is. It's a local bar, no Absolutely. doubt about it. I mean, that's the core of what it is. It's a locals bar, but it's one of those true locals bars. It's not trying to be that. Nope. You know, there's a lot of places really try to get that vibe. Absolutely, you can't. I I've been going. I, I I've been going to Dickie's uh, for about 20 years. I first time I think I walked in there, <laughs> and uh, like I said, the the people there just it's a very close knit community bar. Where now I've been there a couple weeks, I just see like a lot of the same faces, and everyone's telling me they just walk there from the area. So yeah, it's awesome. So you mentioned you're you're doing that. Are you now a lot of people? This is no judgment one way or the other. Are you running the truck during the winter too? No, that's why I took the uh, the job here okay. for the winter because uh, we we're not insulated. <laughs> so oh, um, that's yeah, so we're probably going to end up doing the last food truck rodeo, uh, the October show. I believe we might have an event in November for the <clears throat> breast cancer awareness sure. for CrossFit, and uh, we might do a couple catering gigs here and there if uh, people want. You know, uh, we'll pull the truck out and try to do what we can in the, in the cold. So, but no, this is uh like I said, we're, we'll, we'll be back up and running. Uh, once the winter's over, I think we'll be back up and running in either March or April. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's pretty common. I mean, it's, I know a few of the food truck owners have done the, the winter slog and it, from every indication I've gotten, it really just is that. Yeah. I, um, I just don't look forward to having to pull it out and, you know, terrible weather and, you know, I like to give out my food to, you know, my food to great people out there. But, uh, you know, it, it's got to be worth it at the same point. Yeah, and it's rough. And you, you don't get the same crowds either. 
you really have to go downtown all the time yeah. and get get the office crowds. There's no big events. It's, you don't get those big pushes like you Absolutely. do in the summertime because there's so many. And I'm sure you saw that. So you you guys. So what was the food first food truck rodeo for you guys? Because you guys actually being crazy people, you <laughs> and not the first crazy people to do this, but still crazy people. You launched at the food truck rodeo. Yes, and uh, <laughs> at the time we thought it was a great idea, but. Uh, I'll tell you, we, we used it as a learning experience. Yeah. We absolutely got destroyed and nailed. Um, was that the June one? That was actually July. Was that was yeah. July? Oh, it's it's a crazy thing to do. Completely it was unreal. Insane. It was unreal. Um, you know, I have a ton of experience, and I think I was a little over my head <laughs> on, on that one. But uh, <laughs> we we learned from our mistakes. Uh, we we got a ton of uh, knowledge from from being as crazy busy as we were, and. Um, Again, we, we, we really stepped up our game for the next one, uh, made a lot of changes, and I think right now we actually have a really good formula on how, how things are supposed to be run yeah. correctly, and it's just going to take time. So you launch at the Food Shark Rodeo. What was the biggest – I'm just going to I'm gonna say what was the biggest issue? What was the hardest thing about being on there for the first time with crowds that were – I saw the line that night. I mean, you were – you were probably getting half an hour. Yeah, that was that was the biggest issue was the timing. Um, what I had done is tried to cook everything to order, oh. and once that happens, um, once you're behind that eight ball like that, it, it's fifteen minutes behind, twenty minutes behind, half hour behind. That was our biggest issue. So what we did is we were getting there a little earlier, and then I started cooking and prepping. Um, Right, right, right. When we got there at about two o'clock, uh, getting all the fried rice pre-made ahead of a time, uh, you know, putting it in our our shams to keep warm, and then you know, kind of just cooking it, finishing. finishing it up on on the flat. So, and especially, that's one of those things. Like sometimes you can afford to do it to order, but even then, when you're out at a lunch rush, it's one of those things that having seen a lot of the food truck guys evolve over time. If you're not prepped and you're not ready, you're already behind. Yep, and that that was our biggest issue. I thought we were ready to, ready to rock and roll. I'd uh, prep my vegetables and everything, and once the line started going, I I just got buried. <laughs> I got buried. Um, but we, you know, we did the best we could. Um, the next show definitely was a much better increase. Uh, ticket times were probably about 10, 15 minutes, which which is not too bad for getting quality food. I mean, um, yeah. You know, people people wait. I think ten to fifteen at tops. Any more than that, they get a little antsy. So sure, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I'm sure over time you'll be able to you know bring that down even further. Absolutely. Uh, again, you know, my partner is fantastic, uh, Brian Kasperzak. He's he's he's. I've known him, been my best friend for almost twenty five years. Uh, has minuscule experience in restaurant, and I, I was very impressed. He, he did the best he could. Uh, I had his brother helping us, too, who has very minimal oh, uh, restaurant experience. Um, I did have uh, one guy who I worked with at Sticky Lips, fantastic chef, uh, yeah. Jeremy Cress. Um, huge help for me. Oh, so sure. basically, it was just two of us running the truck at the time. The other guys <laughs> did a fantastic job. They did what they could do to help us out. But, but you know, uh, you gotta, it's not only cooking. No, when you're winning a truck, it's it's taking the orders, it's organizing everything. Absolutely, and that was something I noticed uh, the later time is uh, uh, one of the people were, was out in front taking the orders, organizing everything. Yep, trying to make sure everybody didn't get too yeah fancy. Yeah, know? and and that was and like I said, it's a learning experience. And you know, we, just, we after the first show, we all went back to uh, 
uh, my partner's house. We sat down and we started writing down mm -hmm. ideas of how we can improve. And that's, I'll tell you, one of the biggest things to do is after something like that, is you're brainstorming, you have fresh ideas in your head, write it down. Yeah, don't don't wait for a week yeah. <laughs> because you it's hard. You forget the feeling of how that felt. Yeah, you know when when you're in that rush when you're getting when you're getting mauled, you don't want to wait on those things. Yeah, and, and we actually took we took we took our notes and we ran with it and we did a twenty percent increase in sales and ticket times were like I said cut almost three quarters. So awesome. You know we're we're. The last show that we did, it was a little bit slower, but we felt so comfortable and just really honestly had a great time. The you know my partner was so comfortable. He said this was the best show we had, even yeah. though it wasn't as busy, but it just ran really, really smooth. So yeah, I'm hoping it picks up a little bit for for October. Yeah, you know, and, and truthfully, like I've been to a lot of these. I've been going to most of them since they started, and I'm always looking for the new. I'm always looking for the different, and. It's it's great to see new trucks still launching because we've we had our boom, you know, about two yep. years ago yep. where we accelerated very quickly and got a lot of people jumping in with different ideas and a lot of them just didn't work. And not necessarily because the food was bad, but because they didn't have that that drive. Yeah. They didn't have that um we'll do everything it takes to make this work absolutely it's i'll tell you it's it's a lot of work um but you just got to stay persistent uh if it's something that you love to do you know you will be persistent and like i said we love what we're doing um you know we have a, i think the concept that we have is wonderful our menu is only going to be even bigger next year all right so let's i mean we haven't really talked about it yeah. yet so let's go into what the menu is absolutely so you definitely touch on a lot of the uh some of the things if you if you know korean food at all some of the korean basics absolutely so go in a little bit what what you yeah. got on the truck so what we basically we do is we have a, a mixture of authentic and fusion korean food um our main okay. dish i found that the most popular main dish is a traditional bibimbap uh which is a korean fried rice dish which comes with uh seasoned rice uh tons of different mixed vegetables which are <laughs> awesome uh, we top that off with uh, the bokogi, which is bokogi is uh, is a meat that's uh, seasoned and uh, grilled. Uh, bokogi actually means fire meat, which it doesn't mean spicy, but you know, cooked on on fire. Yeah, kind of like you know, in uh, oh geez, now I'm gonna lose the word, <laughs> but um, ah, same same thing in uh, in uh, Mexican or uh, yeah. Latin American yep. cuisine. Uh, there's there's a word for you know cooked meat. And it's the same. It's basically yep. like that, you know, grilled meat. Yep. So we, we do the grilled meat on top, the season, which I use uh, a lot of organic materials. I do use uh, uh, the things I try to get from the public market or any local businesses around here since, you know, we are a local company here. I'm just trying to keep all the local businesses, you know, and we try to get as much fresh as possible. I actually butcher the meat myself when I get it. Um, I get it from a local butcher shop, Skips Meat Market on Goodman, nice. good friend of mine. Um, and butchered for ten years. So, but anyways, I we get the nice butchered meat. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there for a second. <laughs> so I, I like going on tangents. We'll definitely get back into there. Yeah. So you butchered for ten years. I butchered for ten years. So is that is that what you were doing at the barbecue places? You actually no, I I actually uh, I actually mm -mm. ran uh, the kitchen at uh, Sticky Lips. Um, head head kitchen manager there did 
everything from ordering to food cost. Uh, was this that, before? Was this when the expansion happened? This was before the expansion. So happened. before the expansion, yep. so just on the Culver Road location. I was at Culver Road. Uh, majority of the time, I spent a year over at the Henrietta location, managing over there as well. Too. Okay, because that, that's. That was huge. Yeah, that's a huge place. It's 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 ginormous. <laughs> yeah, just the volume that's going oh, on. Oh, it, it was it was crazy how much uh, volume that they would get in those two places. So. so when you're talking about butcher, you actually did take big primals and you were breaking yeah, them down. Yeah, I I actually my first butchering job was a small place, small mom and pops, uh, mm-hmm. local, uh, called Ars Market in uh, Brighton, Monroe Avenue. Yeah, I heard a lot about that. Um, uh, one of the one of the radio guys that does his own food show. Uh, he's talked about them a number of times because uh, he sells his sauce around town. Oh, yeah, nice. Paul, Paul Guglielmo. Okay, yep, yep. He sells his sauce around town. He's mentioned ours as a yep. uh, as a client, uh, the new revamped version. Yes, I, I was there old school where <laughs> it was run through the family, three generations of families. Wow. Uh, they actually uh, were in business longer than Danny Wegmans for Wegmans. That's crazy. Um, so I learned my butchering from three different generations, through the grandfather, through the father, and the son. So three different styles of butchering because they would always argue telling me this way is better. But uh, I was there for uh, about six, seven years, uh, went over and butchered at Skips for a couple years and actually butchered at Wegmans as well, too. Oh, wow. That's that's a lot of meat cutting. Yeah. It, it's, I'll <laughs> tell you, Skips was absolutely insane for cutting meat. Because it really was. I mean, for a long time, Skips was the place in Rochester oh, yeah. to get butchered meats. And obviously things are evolving a little bit now. You know, with uh, with you know locally sourced meat, absolutely like what McCann's is doing. Oh, I, I and I talked to McCann's. I, I actually went in there and talked to the owner there. Kevin's it's a great, beautiful he, store. It's, it's stunning, beautiful really store. Is. And you know, I got some ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's his partner or wife, but uh, yeah, it's his wife. It's yeah. his wife. Yeah, and we had a nice talk because I saw a lot of Korean dishes in there. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, it was extremely cool. I love seeing you know the, the japchae there yeah. as a, as a side dish, <laughs> and you know the marinated uh, short ribs, yep. and it's it's really cool because that's. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Too. Oh, I absolutely, and I and I told her, uh, you know, the sausage idea is fantastic. She's actually, uh, she actually gave me an idea because I, I make my own sausage as well too. Oh, so very cool. Uh, I think at some point uh, next year we will be doing uh, some kind of a Korean sausage, and I'm going to come up. It's with. a really good idea. So because I, I could really see, you know, a, uh, like a gochujang, uh, absolutely seasoned sausage Absol- that's sweet. You're reading spicy. my mind. You're oh, reading my mind because that was so one of my base that I was going to use as yeah, a gochujang. Yeah, extra garlic in there. Oh, you, yeah. yeah. And ginger, of course. So. Sounds delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just fascinated with meat butchery because it's it's so popular right now. It's so hip right now to you know butcher your own meat, but it's been going on forever. I know it's an old school thing to do, but now it's getting popular. I, I'm, I'm glad because it, it has been a dying art for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you don't find a local butcher anymore or a good local butcher anymore. So uh, just seeing McCain's was, was phenomenal. I mean, cool. it was just a, and then the way how excited and how passionate she was about, you know, telling me that that's all organic and, you know, and it got me excited and, and that's how I feel about our food, uh, you know, for soul food. Yeah. Same way, you know, I talk to anybody and I, they say, you're so passionate about, you know, telling me about your food. And, um, you know, that's just, that's just what it is. It's a lot of love. A lot of heart goes into the cooking when we do it. So, yeah. so, we stopped at we, we stopped at butchery yeah. because you said you were butchering raw meat. So let's dive back in there. So yeah, so uh, like I said, we we I butcher the the flat iron steaks uh, is what we use for our, our our beef there, which I find is phenomenal meat. 
Um, so we, we do a seasoned uh, bukogi meat on top of the fried rice dish with the vegetables and then top it off with a, a beautifully fried egg and it comes with a little side of gojojung. You mix it all together and it's, 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 it's a fun dish. It really is a fun dish because, you know, you don't get to play with your food that often, yeah. but you're allowed to play with this food. So and it's such a, that was the first dish I got introduced to for Korean food. Oh, very cool. Because it's, it's a great introductory dish. It is. Because it gives you, it's not that much of a separation from if you've eaten fried rice, it's a fried rice dish. Absolutely. But it's those little differences. It's the freshness of the vegetables. It's the, you know, fresh, crisp vegetables and the way I had it the first time was in a uh, in a dolsat, which oh beautiful, which I that crispy rice <laughs> is hard to beat. Yes. as you know that smell of that rice almost burning in yep. there in the clay pot and oh, and the sizzle you get from it, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 amazing dish. Yeah, uh, and it, it's so simple too. Oh, it is, it is, and you know, like I said, some of the simplest things are the are the best things to have, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, and like I said, we're 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 a comfort food. I, I want to make this more of a you know comfort food where you know. It's it's a good meal and you feel good after you eat it. So yeah, you know what? I think that's that's a good point too because comfort food in America for so long has been you know really defined as the what are our traditional American foods are you know it's yeah the, like a like a pot roast or you know yeah. uh, a meatloaf you know yeah. things of that nature. So and it's weird. I think it's transitioned so much, especially for people who explore the different food cultures you know around the world through even through the lens of Rochester. My comfort foods aren't that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> my comfort foods are not. I mean, I love that stuff. If I go home and get my mom's cooking, it's Oh, great. absolutely. And it's great to get that stuff. But when I'm going to get comfort foods around town, it's never American food anymore. <laughs> it's I, I've noticed Rochester has, very, has become very diverse in the food. Um, <laughs> just I've grown up in Rochester pretty much my whole life. I lived out in Philadelphia for seven years. Okay. And uh, I... It, it was an eye opener living in Philadelphia. Oh, I have to imagine what, what's what's the dominant. I mean, obviously, it's a big Italian town. It's huge Italian town. But like beyond the Italian, what's what's the what's the under? I was very surprised that um, you know, besides the you know traditional cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, yeah. uh, but Chinatown was. It, I walked into Chinatown and it was honestly about seventy percent. Caucasian Americans yeah. walking around, going shopping, eating. I love that. And you know, it, it was it was quite a bit of an eye opener for me. And you know, just trying you know all this different food, and then coming back to Rochester, and and not seeing what I saw in Philadelphia. Uh, I moved back in '94, and from '94 to now, I mean, it's a huge difference in in, in just the food that's out there. You know, the different cultured food, and just the people that are actually trying it. Um, it, it, it's, 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 it's been great. It's really been great. So, yeah. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people have been coming back recently, you know, and, and they didn't see the whole evolution because they left to a big city, you know, maybe five years ago yep. or maybe 10 years ago. And now they're just coming back. And I've heard that that happens a lot in Buffalo right now too. A lot of these people are coming back from big cities and revisiting Rochester in the new lens that it is. And it's, um, it's an exciting time to be doing something new here because people are more open, I think. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, I've I was a little hesitant, you know, uh opening up a Korean, you know, uh food truck, but you know, from day 1, I it's just been a pleasant surprise to to look over and see the line and see just the different, you know, people coming to actually want to 
try you know something different because they well Korean food wow what is it yeah and you know it gets me excited to be you know try to explain the what it is and you know and they get excited and they're like absolutely you know and I'll, I'll give out samples here try this you know let mm-hmm. me know what you think you know and go walk around see what else you like and it's I'd say about eighty percent of the people that I gave food out to to try were back in line getting getting my food so that's awesome yeah I I, I just been really enjoying this at new adventures. And like I said, we just want to see it grow uh, next year. Um, again, with the food, you know, we had the traditional beat and bop. Yeah. Uh, we have a... So is that the correct pronunciation? Because I'm... I, I just go by how I see it yeah. spelled. So it's, is that... Is it's that, it's, it's, it's beat and bop. Okay. So I always use... I always say bibimbap. Yeah. So it's actually a D sound there? Yeah. Okay. I always try to pronounce it correctly, but I don't want to come across as a no, douchebag by no, trying to no, do it the man. right way, <laughs> by trying to put the accent on and everything. So yep. I don't want to be that guy. You're, but, you're fine, yeah. I but mean, I always I try to I try to get it as correct as I can because yeah. it's it is it's nice to make sure you it is. It the right way. And we and we like and we like to <laughs> like people to say it, you know, because it, it's it's fun, you know. It's it's a fun food to you know say. What do you want? You want bimbap? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they get a little chuckle out of it, and you know, just explaining that to them. Yeah. Um, and then we've taken, you know, we've taken some fusion. Uh, we we have our traditional beat and bop. We have our uh, fusion as our bokogi sandwiches. We have uh, different varieties of bokogi sandwiches. Uh, we almost translated kind of like a banh mi style mm-hmm. uh, with our. I do a homemade uh, daikon and carrot salad, and then we have our kimchi on that. We have our uh, sriracha and uh, kimchi mayonnaise that I make, mm-hmm. and, our, and then the meat on top. Uh, we also have a variation of that where we use home-cut fries, almost like a Pittsburgh-style sandwich. Yeah, it's like halfway between a Pittsburgh-style sandwich and some of the uh, shawarma-style yeah, sandwiches. absolutely. And there's where we're starting to get into our fusion, uh, down to our uh, homemade uh, bukogi and kimchi fried rice empanadas, which yeah. is a Mexican twist that we wanted to Yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was a really good idea, and... I was surprised starch inside of starch actually worked really it, well. It worked, yeah. I mean, we, we we played around with the idea, and and when we came up with it, it, it was it was really good. And it's funny that, uh, you know, I do know the, a couple people from the uh, Buddha Pub, which is a great restaurant. Yeah. So- uh, went in there a couple weeks after uh, the food truck rodeo, and they had actually uh, a f- kimchi fried oxtail uh, empanada. Ooh. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I talked to the chef in there. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I have no... He said, you are my inspiration. <laughs> so, you know, uh, again, you know, I, I don't have any qualms. If there's ideas that, you know, people want to use, go for it, man. Sure. Cooking should be fun. And, you know, I don't hold any rights to it. If you want to, you know, explore and do different things, that's 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 what cooking's all about. You know, I, I do appreciate that from a... It can be a very, it can be a tough, it's a tough business. Absolutely. And it can get, it can get very petty. And I've heard a lot of that stuff. And we had, we had our own controversy, you know, a couple of weeks ago with, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the naming, the Flower City naming. I mean, okay. just all that yep. stuff, but it was a whole thing. And it can, it can get so hard. It's great when we can actually work together. And you know what? There, there's opportunities. Absolutely. You know, in, it could, it could have gone a different way. Yeah, you know uh, like I said, I'm such a I'm such a easygoing, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. You know, I was actually excited, and you know, I it, it actually, you know, I I was uh, I was like kind of blown back that you know something that I made uh, somebody else 
really liked it and translated it and wanted to do something, you know, put their twist on it. Yeah. And I was actually really flattered, you know, that, uh, you know, he said that I was his inspiration for that. Sure. So, and I, I can see where people would be like, oh, you weren't mad? No, man, that's it, food, you know, well, I want and, people you know, to I, enjoy. I think there's, if you're, if you're in the, more of that mindset, there's opportunities for collaborations here too, because Rochester's ripe for, for, you know, one night only dinners, for pop-ups, for that kind of stuff. And if you're a collaborative kind of guy, there's so many opportunities out there right now for doing those kind of things. And I know there's demand. And oh, we, yeah. I think we need more of it. And it's it's so much fun to go to those things. It, it is. And and like I said, I, I love going to the different restaurants in Rochester. And, you know, I don't mean the chain restaurants, but, you know, more of yeah. the, you know, local people that open up. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I'm a foodie. I, you know, I love going to Giorgio's for their Cubans on on, on South Clinton, you know, my, 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 my buddy's still pissed at that place <laughs> because he's, he wants a Cuban sandwich. He doesn't want a twist on the Cuban sandwich. He doesn't want mayonnaise. He doesn't want pulled pork. He wants a Cuban sandwich. Absolutely. He's still annoyed at that place because when he got it, he's like, you did what? You put that on there? What are you doing? And it's still one of those sandwiches. I'm not sure we have a decent version in Rochester. Well, I will say, um, before I left Sticky Lips, we changed our Cubans, um, and they're they're excellent. Okay, uh, excellent. I don't know if they're still using the same recipes um, because uh, I said, like I said, the other sh- head chef that was in there uh, is no longer there. He actually works with me on the food truck uh-huh. for the bigger events. Good friend of mine. Sure, uh, came up with this fantastic. Uh, uh, mojo sauce for uh, marinade actually because we were using a whole pork loin marinating that I'd roast it uh, grill it off cool it down then thinly slice it put a little bit more marinade and then re-grill it for our Cubans we got rid of the pulled pork and actually used this a great ham great that's, forest ham that's exactly the difference because nobody as far as I know is doing roast pork yep. on their Cuban which is the as far as I understand, now I'm a traditional. It is. You're right. It's no, a traditional. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not from Miami. I've never been there, <laughs> and I know it's more a Miami thing than, uh, a, than yep. a Cuba thing. Yep. But my understanding is that it's definitely a roast pork, ham, Swiss cheese, yep. yellow mustard, yep, and pickles, and pickles, <laughs> grilled flat. That's it. Don't mess around with it. Yep. So yeah, if you get a chance, uh, like I said, you know, um, we did change it up. I don't, I haven't been back uh, okay. to eat there in a little while. But Wednesdays are the days for the Cubans. I know. Okay. Uh, Culver Road location. Um, again, you know, I I think they're using the roasted pork that that you know we had situated there. But you know, great food though, great food. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm up and down. I'm up and down about barbecue in Rochester right now. I'm. It's it's been annoying for me for a long time because the the hardest thing I always thought was. Now, you can give me your opinion. You've actually worked yeah. in barbecue yep, in Rochester. Both, both actually the top, both the, places. The, the big two, right? <laughs> you know, the, 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 the twin towers of, of Rochester barbecue. Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> so pulled pork, when it comes down to it, not nearly as difficult to cook as a brisket. Brisket is tough. tough. I'm telling you, we worked on changing our brisket about 10 times over. Um, down to the rubs, down to the cooking times. Uh, yeah, brisket is brisket is 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 a cheap cut of meat, but it's tricky. Yeah, uh, you don't want to overcook it because then it turns to a shreddy mess. Oh, it's the worst. It, I I can't stand overcooked brisket. Uh, undercooked brisket's tough and chewy. Mm-hmm. 
And then if you do get it right, then you got to make sure that the seasonings are correct. And we did change ours up when I was working at Sticky Lips. Uh, more salt, more pepper, less uh, brown sugar because the biggest thing we were saying is when you go and have a good piece of meat, you don't want something sweet. You want salty, peppery, and then you can wash it down with a beer. Yeah. And and the biggest thing we are trying to explain to people were, if you're going to have a beer, do you want to have a sucker or a candy bar when you're eating it? No. Right. You want like peanuts that are salty and, you know, whatever to really work with it. So why would you want your, your brisket like extremely sweet? Mm-hmm. I, I want that peppery, that salty, that, that, that robust flavor, and then that really nice, beautiful tender meat. Yeah. Because that's that's now that's like the trend right now in brisket is salt, pepper, and smoke. Yep, and that's it. Yep, that's that you know the the upscale Texas barbecue yep. model, and you know what other places are I'm not use copying, but that's everybody's on that trend right now. It's three ingredients, and that's it. That is a br- that is brisket right yep. now in the U.S. If you're talking about like what Franklin does and what similar places mm-hmm. do, that's it, and it's. It's amazing when it's done right. Absolutely. When you get the when you get the medium or the fatty cut and mm. it's done properly, it's it's astonishing how it, much it's, better it's it is like than almost anything else. I know it's like heaven. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Good brisket is hard to beat. It really yeah. is, and it's hard to find. <laughs> yeah, and it's it seems like there's, you know, for for my money right now, it's um, you know, it's Marty's Meats is doing some dynamic yeah, barbecue. Mar- I'll tell you, uh, you know. I don't consider any of the food trucks one of my direct competitors. Yeah. I I absolutely enjoy quite a few of the trucks there. And I'll tell you, that was one of the first things I think I met you, yeah, uh, yeah. Marty's Meats. And uh, I was like, that absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, they've, they've spent a lot of time, and they've, they've grown a lot too. You know, they've been around, they were one of the first trucks out. Oh, really? I didn't so know that. It, w- it was them and Brick and Motor and uh, Le Petit Poutine. Uh, yep. They were probably the first, you know, really dedicated. They all did winners. They all did. They all started, you know, with simple menus. But they all have gone on to different directions. Absolutely. You know, they they started early. And, you know, they've become a great barbecue, basically a great barbecue cooking company at their store on Park Ave and in the truck. And... It's amazing what the stuff they're doing right now. Oh, I know. I, I, and like I said, they're evolving. They're <laughs> going with the times. And like I said, we're, we're you know, once we close up shop for the winter, you know, I'm going to go back and kind of revamp our menu a little bit. Uh, we will be having uh, the Korean short ribs that awesome. I do. I do a phenomenal job on those. Uh, we will be doing also spare ribs, uh, Korean style. Well, actually, I should say Asian fusion style because my wife is Cambodian. And we're going to be... Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be uh, incorporating a little lemongrass and of, of things of that nature. Because like that it. is a huge, huge uh, ingredient in Cambodian cooking. So I'm, I, I'm actually interested. So I've only had Cambodian once because there's only really one restaurant in Rochester <laughs> doing it, it. Is that the one up on uh, Mount Hope? Yeah, Soup Spoon. Yep, yep. So, I mean, when, when, I, when I tried it, it seemed a lot... A lot of crossovers to Vietnamese cooking. It is. It is. It's very similar. Uh, lots of peppers, lots of uh, cilantro, lots of uh, lemongrass, um, garlic, of course, in mm-hmm. most Asian cultures. But, um, yeah, I've taken incorporating uh, things of those cultures. Uh, they do 
this phenomenal beef on a stick with it's a, it's a lemongrass. They actually grow the lemongrass. Uh, Cambodian community is a little smaller, you know, than per se the Korean communities or the Chinese communities mm-hmm. here in Rochester. Um, very close net, but you know, a lot of them have gardens and they grow their their lemongrass. They grow a lot of their peppers. Wow. Um, a lot of the ingredients that you know you see on the table are coming from the gardens, right from you know, either my my father-in-law's house or their aunts or, you know, so on and so on. We'll, we'll be going around picking, you know, different things. Oh, we got to stop here to pick up peppers and we got to stop here to pick up the lemongrass. And That's awesome. I, I didn't even know there was really a Cambodian community here. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's uh, actually, I think, two Cambodian churches in the city. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, I, I take that back. Not churches, uh, temples. Um but yeah, like I said, we're going to be doing a little bit more diverse things next year. Uh, we are going to be doing the beef on a stick, which I was saying that it's Cambodian style with a Korean twist on it. But they actually take this lemongrass and they pound it and make a paste out of it. And if you've ever seen lemongrass, it is unreal how much work you have to do just to just to it's get the flavors so out of it. It is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So you have about eight or nine women, Cambodian women in the kitchen all... You know, sitting down and just pounding away on this on this lemongrass just to to get it a paste flavor. Oh, you are making me so hungry right oh, now. That's, I'll tell you, it's it's phenomenal. Oh, They're phenomenal because that's one of those things I've always seen on. You know, when um, you've seen Andrew Zimmern show, oh, absolutely, th- Reg- those religiously, are, right? Those are my favorite scenes when he goes to those to the houses where people are trying to replicate what they what they remember from home. Growing the ingredients, yep. doing all that hard work to make it exactly right. It's it's inspiring to see that. And and it just makes me come up with, you know, more ideas seeing, you know, these women just, you know, sitting around chatting, having a good time and just cooking together as a big family. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're basically doing on the on our food truck. You know, I have, you know, both my uh you know, my partner and his brother, again, like I said, I've known them for twenty five years, best friends. You know, majority of my life I've known these guys, and we just have a really good time. And, you know, just it's a family thing. They come over to my house all the time, and we have big Sunday dinners. And, you know, try this. I want, I got try this. What do you think of this, you guys? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just been a, a ton of fun and a lot of work. But, you know, like I said, you work hard and hopefully it pays off. So, so is, is that the big, is that the big push for next year is to expand the menu? And yes, are you going to be doing a, you be doing a city next year too. Yeah, like I said, we had such a late start uh, getting the truck finished. Um, you know, we got started in July. We tried to sign up for you know more events. Everything was booked. Yeah. So this year we just kind of looked at it as a learning experience, just trying to get all uh, you know a good plan situated. Um, get just get organized on how we're gonna proceed, and you know getting food great quality food out in a timely fashion. And just like I said, this year we're just revamping everything and we're just going to go really hard next year or so yeah. and start right from the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's really the best way. I mean, you're going to dive in hard. You're going to be everywhere. Yeah. And when when you see the festival circuit, I'm assuming you're going to be there. Oh, we're going to try to be at every single festival, yeah. you know, out. And like I said, we just want to get our name out and just really put out some great food and, and, and culture and get just get that Korean you know, vibe out there. Cause I know there's, I think three Korean restaurants in Rochester and they're there's all three in, and yep, they're all in Henrietta within a quarter mile of each other. Yeah. It's so odd. And there's, I mean, I, I like all of them. I, I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, oh wow. Why am I losing the name? There's uh so damn, so damn. That, that's my personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, I think they, they balance the flavors. The Absolutely. Best. Um, I got a little too much sweetness at the other places. 
for what I like. Yeah. Um, but that's the other thing. I'm also, I like, uh, there's a grocery store over on West Henrietta Road where they make their own kimchi yep. in-house. And man, that's some delicious stuff. I, I have uh, I have someone, because uh, I've been working on kimchi. <sighs> it's it's such it's, a... It's it was it was tough because I, I I like spice. The first batch that I made, I mean it 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 was smoke was coming out my <laughs> my ears. So and I I can take a lot of spicy food. So I'm like I can't sell this to the public. They're not yeah. gonna come back. I have a lady here uh, who had her business. I think it was Chang's Oriental on Mount Hope. Uh, yeah, I think that's I West, think that's, West Henrietta Road. Yeah, yeah. I or think no, well, Westfall and Mount Hope. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, yep. yeah, they're no longer there. Oh, they really? Oh, that's too bad. No, they they moved. I actually because they make my kimchi. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So she, I talked to her. She actually moved. They are now on North Street. Um, okay. I believe it's what is that? Uh, North and. I'm not sure exactly, but it's uh, I think it's 628 North Street. Okay. Uh, it's a fish market now that they also have a little Korean uh, shop in there, and yeah, they especially uh, make my kimchi because I'm I'm picking up like five gallon buckets at a time. Oh, over that's there. great. Yeah, because I actually went in there on purpose to just to get that there because it's there's not a lot. Of, I mean, there's restaurants making their own, um, and not necessarily just the, not the Korean places. But it's um, you know some of the newer, uh, higher class places are like uh, Alice Eats makes their own. Oh really? I didn't um, know that. Yeah, they huh. make they make their own. Uh, Buddha Pub makes their own. Yep. Um, I've had Buddha Pubs. Could yeah. be a little bit spicier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think most of the places do tone it down a little yeah. bit because it's such a. From my understanding, it's a very personal thing. It's a oh, very absolutely. It's a you know your family or you know your town has a you know a specific kind of kimchi yep. and. It does define a lot of the flavor of your food if you're Absolutely. using. And and I, you know, when I made my kimchi, I tried to do it the most traditional way uh, by burying it in the ground because that Ooh. that's the way you're supposed to technically do it. Again, it it was really good, but it was just so hot. Was it funky too? <laughs> it was definitely funky. Had yeah. a, that that nice, you know, fermented smell, which I I like. Oh yeah, and 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 what I do, it I do it. I tell a lot of people, you know, try the kimchi first if you're a first timer, you know, because. It, 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 you gotta have, it's a unique taste. It definitely is. I mean, it's the way I try to tell people is it's kind of like sauerkraut. Great it's analogy a, it's, on it. It's a different version of sauerkraut. It's just got different seasonings. And depending on the style, it'll have, you know, <laughs> it'll have, you know, dried shrimp seasoning yep. or, or fish seasoning yep. or, you know, all the other stuff. But the rest of the ingredients, I mean, it's cabbage, cabbage, garlic, so cabbage, garlic. You'll sometimes you'll see some carrots yep. or you'll see some other stuff. But it's a lot of the same ingredients as a sauerkraut. Yeah. And you just have to take it the next step and you say, oh, it's got peppers in it. Yeah, a lot of peppers. A lot of peppers in it. <laughs> Especially when you get that fiery red ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Korean uh, the Korean pepper flakes I used and, uh, you know, and, and the gojo jung is actually, uh, that's that's one of my favorite things is the gojo jung. So. Yeah, I, I do like it. And the, the biggest problem I have is every time I tried to buy it, it's, you know, the, the red bin and it's so sweet. Yeah, no, yeah. We're going to be actually making our own. Uh, I've oh. actually been uh, fooling around uh, online and trying to figure out how I can you know, get a little bit more things more authentic and really get down to trying to make my own gojo jung. And again, we will be working on the uh, kimchi this 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 uh, spring coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I really, 
that's that's very interesting because that's one of those things that I love. I love the sauce, and I've had it. You know, you can get so many different variations versions. of it. Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to see what you come up with. Yeah, uh, the concepts that we're going to be coming up with. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been I I've got my notebook of different ideas and uh, different kinds of fusions and you play around during the wintertime. Oh, a little this bit? Is, that's all we're going to be doing is playing around the wintertime because next year, like I said, we just want to come full blown, like just blowing people away with 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 our food. Honestly, that's so. really cool. No, it's very exciting, and that's. Uh, I think those are the things that make me the most excited when people come on and they're like, oh, we're doing this for real. We're not messing around. Yeah, and and like I said, I, I have the passion for it. I absolutely love cooking. I love, you know, and I get excited when like people like you get excited yeah, when yeah. I'm talking about the things I'm doing. That only fuels the fire even more and makes me more, you know, come up with these creative juices. Like, what what can I do outside the box, you know, that's going to be, you know, just people are just going to come back and be like, dude, whatever you did, I, I want more. Yeah. And that's that's what we're striving for here. That's so, so cool. All right, man. So let's let's get the final plugs in. Yeah. So how do people how do people find you? Um, like I said, we have our Facebook uh, at I believe it's uh, Soul Food. It's just Soul Food Barbecue uh, as our Facebook. We have the same as our Twitter, and I believe we're also on Instagram as well too. Okay, so you're gonna update through the winter with some of your progress. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta keep people hooked. Yeah, with that stuff. yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll be doing updates on you know like I said I'll be creating some new stuff and we'll be posting pictures and just kind of explaining what it is. So you know when the summertime comes, I want people to be like, hey, whatever you made that winter, are you gonna have that on the menu? Absolutely, awesome, absolutely. So so and if you want to get some of Tom's food during during the winter time, just give you- me a call. We have our catering that we sh- we will be probably running in the winter time. Um, like I said, uh, the catering number is going to be on our Facebook. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Cool. That's great. And uh, thanks for coming out, man. Hey, Chris, thank you for having me. This was uh, a lot of fun and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And I uh, can't wait for you to try all this new stuff we're going to be coming I'm out really with. I'm really excited. This is great. So have yourself a good winter. Hey, you too. Get some good cooking done. Yeah. A lot of, lot of information going to be pumping through this brain in the winter. So super. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>